0: So let me invite you to turn with me now to Luke chapter 2. Join me there. Luke chapter 2 is we, again this morning, look at the birth of Jesus. And as we begin looking at the birth of Jesus, let me ask what might seem like a silly question. Are you glad? Let me make it more specific. Are you thankful that God has sent his son Jesus to earth as a baby, you're thankful for that, yeah. I, I, I realize that's kind of how I started. That's a silly question because I didn't really think any of you would go. No, I don't really. I'm not really thankful for that. Yeah, of course we say, of course we're thankful for that. But here's what I want to do this morning. I want us to actually think specifically when we say we're thankful that God sent His Son Jesus to Earth as a baby. What in detail are we thankful for? Because if we understand really what we're thankful for, here's what I believe is going to happen. We're going to walk out of here this morning thankful for far more things in our lives than only The sending of Jesus as a baby. So, in Luke chapter 2, we're going to get the details of the birth that we are thankful for. I hope you have a Bible. If not, you can follow along up here on the screen. This is this morning as we looked last week at the gift of hope and how we have every confidence that because God did exactly what he said he would do in the birth of Jesus, we could have every confidence that he would do what he did said he would do in the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and the ascension of Jesus. Now we go back and look at the birth again and say, what is the mystery around the detail that we're so thankful for? Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because... He was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now, let's stop there for a moment. In the reading of that, probably all of you thought, yeah, I already knew all that. I knew all those details. Why do they matter? Well, I think they matter because the birth of Jesus is according to the sovereign choosing of God. Yes? In other words, it happened the way it happened because God chose it that way. Could have he chosen to do it differently? Yes, Yes, of course. When you're God, you get to choose how you want to do things. This is how God chose to do it. And it's some actually, I think, some unusual choosing. When God sent his son, Jesus, he sent him at a difficult time by choice. It was a difficult time. Mary is with child. And because God chose, and he could have chosen differently, but God chose to have the birth of Jesus to happen during a census. That means a with child woman traveled and not by SUV, 90 miles, either on foot or by beast. Ladies, you more than the men. You have given birth. Can you have an appreciation for that? Of really, Lord? Now? Now's when we need to make a 90-mile trip when I'm with child? Uh, when Jackie and I, well, see, I didn't even said, When Jackie and I gave birth to our firstborn, <laughs> we learned a very important lesson we tried to not repeat. And that was, we were in Florida, and our firstborn was born in September, which meant what? The whole final trimester was... Hot, blazing hot. And what happened to her feet, her ankles, and everything else? What? Yeah, it swelled up big time. I I didn't have any problem with swelling. (laughs) Jackie significantly, and she was like, we will not have a baby again in September. This is miserable. And we didn't till three later. And then number four was a September baby again. Yeah. So we tried. But the reality is when you give thanks, watch, when you give thanks, when you go, thank you God for sending your son as a baby. Have you ever really thought, well, I'm thankful, but that was, that was hard for Mary. It was difficult. When God The father sent his son to earth. He not only sent him at a difficult time, (coughs) he sent him to an obscure place. Bethlehem, not the great metropolis that the king of kings and lord of lords would have his son be born to, except could have God chosen differently? Yeah, he could have. People have choices, usually make different choices than this. People who have choices, like where to go to the hospital in Jacksonville. Now, some of you are going to be bothered by this, but most people who have choices, like really have the choice, they have the resources, resources to make whatever choice they want, they go to, they go to mail. Mayo. I know our insurance says you can go here. If you want to go to Mayo, you're going to have to fork out some extra dollars for that. But, you know, the God of heaven didn't have extra dollars, so he chose Bethlehem. Oh, you see what I'm getting get at? <laughs> of course. He could have chosen anywhere. He chose an obscure place called Bethlehem. When the father sent his son, you know this, but he sent him as a, as a helpless baby. Could have he sent Jesus older Now think about that. Could have he sent Jesus older? Sure. When he created Adam, did he create Adam a baby? No. When he formed Eve, did he make Eve a baby? Yes, a babe, not a baby. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> so he could have sent Jesus older. He sent him as a baby. We'll talk more next week, but when they wrapped him in swaddling clothes, it's kind of the evidence that, wow, Jesus needs a diaper. God needed a diaper. Wouldn't you forego that if you could choose? The Lord blessed us with six children Jackie was pregnant part of every year, 1988, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. I was so excited when we finally got out of diapers. (laughs) 12 straight years of diapers. God, you didn't think, let's at least, I mean, well, let's make him like a kid. I don't imagine this conversation in heaven, but Jesus to the Father, really? Like, you're not going to send me to earth, but you're going to start me in diapers? Could we not do this differently? Stuff that we don't normally think about. but, But all of you, without hesitation, are thankful that he came as a baby. Doesn't really matter to you that he was a helpless baby, but it did matter. And it's not just a difficult time in secure place and a helpless baby. You're there in Luke 2. Go skip a few verses. We'll, We'll look at those in a later week. But go to verse 22 where it says, and when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So when Jesus turned eight days old, they circumcised him. We want to talk about that. If you're Jesus, could we not like at least go on to day nine? If we had to do diapers, could we skip day eight? But they take him... And they offer at the temple, after he's circumcised, this offering for the firstborn. And the offering, we know, is a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, which is what's written in the Scriptures. What's interesting about that is that comes from Luke, excuse me, Leviticus chapter 12, where it says, When the days of her purification are completed for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the doorway of the tent of meeting a one-year-old lamb for a burnt offering, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. So it's to be a lamb and a bird, but Joseph and Mary bring two birds. They didn't know Leviticus. Now maybe you know this. They did know Leviticus because it says in verse eight, but if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take... Two turtle doves or two young pigeons. So we know that God, who could have chosen anything, anywhere, at any time, chose Jesus to be born to a poor family that couldn't afford what was standard. It's not like they, it's just not that they weren't like filthy rich. It was like they couldn't do what was normal. So are you, are you thankful? Yeah, we are thankful. But when I start thinking about the details of what God chose in the sending of Jesus, I recognize his choosing is different than probably what we would have chosen, yes? I mean, if you're choosing, you're probably choosing uh, an easy time at a great place with, okay, no pain, that's good, yeah? No pain, no problems, and plenty of resources. Here we go, what's the big deal? Here's the big deal. Does God sometimes choose in your life things that make you go? Lord, why? That's, you could do anything. Why this? Certainly you thought that. Maybe you think, oh, I'm not allowed to think that. Well, whether you think you're allowed or not, you think it. Really? Right now? This? See, I I have come to love the Christmas story even listen even more because it's not perfect. Now, when I say not perfect, do I think am I saying God made a mistake? No, I'm saying because all the decisions that God made in the sending of his son weren't like picture perfect ideal. Like I'm actually glad that the Christmas story didn't unfold the way you and I would have made it unfold because if it unfolded that way and then your life and my life unfolds the way it does, then we go, what's up with that? So all of us, to one degree or another, some of us, seriously, big deals, think, God, why? So what does the Scripture give us in terms of guidance when God's choosing doesn't sit well with us? Because I think that's, that's an honest statement. doesn't always sit well with us. I appreciated a guy Thursday night after this message came right up here and he said, am I, ever allowed, am, am I allowed to be mad at God? Well, again, I was like, well, I could tell you no, but then what do you do? Now you're mad that you can't be mad. Because you're mad. Why else would you ask me the question? So can, can I be mad at God? Actually, it was all... A whole book of the Bible, Psalms, is accounts of lots. They're not all, but lots of the accounts are somebody starts mad at God. So I said, well, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I'll, I think there's a lot of times where you're going to start mad at God. Don't stay there. You know, when... Was, little stuff happens. Somebody runs into you. You're you're just minding your own, just driving, and somebody runs into you. It's like ah, or maybe you don't. You go, oh well, praise the Lord. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. There's a uh, now. So you're like, oh come on. So I can start there. Don't. I'm going to stay there. When when God's choosing is different than what I would choose, you might know this. It helps me to think there's there's a potential that Joseph literally said to Mary at mile forty seven, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You see what I'm saying. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, trusting the Lord is a, this doesn't make sense to me. My understanding says this, but what's happening is this. What do I do with that? I don't lean on this. And probably many of you know what comes next. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. I've known this verse for a long, 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 long time, but thankfully for the first time recently, I tried to visualize what's it mean to acknowledge him, like visually, to acknowledge him in all my ways. If a guy's in a room and another guy walks in, how does a guy generally acknowledge another guy? right? Maybe a, yeah, a, a pound. And a girl walks in the room and, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, so, you look so good. And, 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 and with some friends over and Jackie was like, let's take a picture of the girls and take a picture. And okay, now you guys. And I'm always like, there's no guy sitting here. Hey, when are we getting our picture taken we't that's not that we don't do that sort of thing. We don't want to put our arms around one another and then take a picture. We're just hey, hey How do you acknowledge the Lord when he's in the room? Huh. When, when when he has chosen differently than what you would have chosen, and you're not Leaning on your understanding. See, this was helpful to me. Well, what is it that acknowledges him? When I'm not leaning, it says, "I trust him. What does trust say? I think this is what trust says. Because I'm not leaning on my understanding and I'm acknowledging you, I think trust says. Thanks. Thanks, Lord. Wouldn't have done it this way. Thanks, Lord. Wouldn't have made that choice, Lord. Thank you. When? In everything. In everything. It might not be my first thought when I get run right into. But I'm going to stay mad. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. Thanks, Lord. You're up to stuff like Christmas. See, the unusual, maybe you're not following me there, but the unusual choosing of God in Christmas becomes the foundation for me to be able to go, Lord, you could have chosen anything, anytime, anywhere with anyone. And you loved your son perfectly. And I don't really get your choices for him. I don't get them for me. But what's trust say? Thank you. Trust says, I don't lean on my own understanding, but I acknowledge you. Thanks, Lord. Thanks, Lord. I want to really speak to five specific issues because I see them in the text, in the birth of Jesus, the choosing of the Father for the Son and his birth. Here's what I mean by that. Because I know the Father purposefully and deliberately sent the Son into this world at a difficult time. You tracking with me? Because I know he purposefully and deliberately chose to send his son into the world at a difficult time. Then I can thank him when I face difficulty. Christmas becomes actually not just something to remember once a year, but it it's a reminder anytime I face difficulty to go, that was part of your choosing for your son, and I rejoice in Christmas. How is it that I would rejoice in Christmas but not in my difficulty? Maybe two dots you've never connected in your heart until right now. If I can thank God for his purposeful and deliberate sending of his son at Christmas at a difficult time. I can thank him when I face difficulty as well. Whatever that is. And some of you are facing significant difficulty right now. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's health-wise, maybe it's relational, your job, people at work, your boss. What's trust say? I don't get it, Lord. Uh, I, I'm not sure how to read you right now. Are you, you don't know the answer, or you're just going, I'm not saying that yet. <laughs> I think you know that. What's trust say? I don't get it, Lord, but. Thank you. I, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm grateful you sent Mary pregnant on a 90 mile trip. Kind of arrogant of me that I'm not going to say thank you when things are hard for me. So, Lord, times are hard. Thank you. Second, because I know the Father purposefully and deliberately sent Mary on a 90-mile track When pregnant, I can thank him when his timing makes zero sense. Timing, the Lord's timing is one of the hardest things for you and I to actually really understand. It seems like either he's late or slow or like too fast. It just never adds up. When, when Jay and I, uh, before we got married, we talked, want kids? Yes, how many? Three or four. So when we had four, we thought, well, praise the Lord, thank you. And we were not, I'm not saying that flippantly. No. We we're really grateful because there's no guarantee that people who want children get children. So thankful for, for the four kids, but we were full. And then he gave us a fifth. And I didn't talk for the rest of the day. That I found out that we were expecting our fifth. No, no I didn't. Jackie showed me the pregnancy test, and I was like, "Don't mess with me." <laughs> and she said, "I'm not." And I went, Phew. "Ah, Lord, very gracious." Quiet time right over my office over here. This was back in 1997, and uh, I was reminded that. David grabbed five stones from the brook. So I was thankful for a fifth. And our heart got on board with the children and blessing of the Lord. And we, we got a new van. And it, you know, back then, minivans, seven seats, seven in our family. And our son, who was seven, our second son, seven at the time, he told one of our elders, Frost Weaver, my parents can't have kids anymore. They, there's no more seats in the van. <laughs> He understood the birds and the bees in ways that nobody else had ever understood. It was, it was up to the number of seats in the van. Well, as it turns out, that's not true. We had no more seats, but we had another baby. And I, would, and I know this sounds silly, because I, I totally, children are a gift from the Lord. But Lord, really? Well, 30 days after I bought a new van, now I, I have to sell it again? That just drives me crazy. Grateful after a while, <laughs> honestly. First thought, no, no. That's just silly stuff. But t- timing, well, you got your life, you got it laid out. And sometimes the Lord doesn't know your timing, or He does, and He doesn't cooperate, right? So maybe the Lord is messing with your timing right now. What's trust say? I don't understand. Thank you. Are you allowed to say you don't understand? Yeah, absolutely. I don't understand. Thank you. Thanks, Lord. I know you love me perfectly. You loved your son perfectly. That timing didn't make sense, but I rejoice in that. Wouldn't make any sense for me not to rejoice in your timing in my life, even though I don't get it. Thank you. You see how how real the details of the Christmas story become to our faith now? Third, because I know the Father purposefully and deliberately, sent his son to be born in a obscure, out of place, Bethlehem. I can thank him when I feel overlooked or ignored. Now maybe you're going, huh, I've never really felt overlooked or ignored. Or maybe you're feeling that right now this morning. If you haven't felt ignored or overlooked, just wait a while. You will. Seriously. At some point, whether it's from your spouse, aren't you noticing me? Or your family? Or you're in family group and people are sharing prayer requests and you pour your heart out about your prayer request. And then when they pray, nobody prays for you. Has it never happened to you? Uh, maybe I'm the only one. That happens to me, I feel like, all the time. I, I t- share a prayer request, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, and, and I'm like, uh, well, well, Lord, you know. Sometimes you feel overlooked, ignored. Don't understand. Maybe you've helped some folks in a really meaningful way. No gratitude. No note. You served. And you've kind of determined, not doing that again. Because it's it's hard to feel overlooked and ignored. Part of the Christmas story is the reality that God came to earth and most of the earth ignored it most completely missed it can you imagine the father I'm not doing that again so it's a real feeling it's not a good feeling I don't understand. What's trust say? Thank you. This may sound strange, but listen. There will be in your relationship with the Lord truth and experience with him that would not happen apart from you feeling overlooked and ignored. There's something profoundly refining about finding hope and meaning in the the Lord sees, the Lord knows, that we'll never know until we have that experience that it seems like nobody else sees and nobody else knows. See, this is what I mean. This is why I think the details of the Christmas story, I'm glad, are not picture perfect because your life and my life are not picture perfect. And the Christmas story helps me see the goodness of God in a less than postcard worthy life. I can thank him. I don't understand, but I can thank him. Fourth, because I know the father purposefully and deliberately sent his son as a, what do we say? A helpless baby. I can thank him for my weaknesses, which seems so weird because we spend most of our life trying to get rid of our weaknesses. And in fact, Lord, thank you. Ever thank the Lord for your weaknesses? For how he made you? You may go, oh, come on, silly. Lord, thanks for making me short. Would I like to be taller? Maybe you don't care. I'd like to be taller. One time a, a guy gave me platform shoes as a joke for a party. And I wore them. I have them in my office if you want to see. Pla- he made them. He spent a lot of money to make these shoes for me. They're my size and they have six inch platforms. And, and I wore them that whole night of the party. And I was like, this is a different world up here. Seriously. I was like, now I know what life is like a like, Hugh Harvey. She's like, I'm looking down on people. That was so weird. I like, I, Lord made me the way he made me. The Lord made you the way he made you. You can be frustrated by it. Or you can say, thanks, Lord. I'm glad I'm actually not eight. Postcard person. Some of you wish the Lord would make you smarter. Or more outgoing. Or Lord, why'd I have to be so afraid to stand up in front of people? I mean, if you want to make me a teacher, then take away the fear. It doesn't seem like you would do that to me and make me this way. I don't know. I'm just sharing personally. The reality is that for years, Lord, take my fear away. Take my fear away. Take my fear away. I'd like to sleep. I'd like to not throw up. I'd like for my stomach not to be always churning. Until I finally discovered, Doug, there's things that you know about the Lord and have an experience about the Lord because of your fear that you would know. So thank you. Now I don't know what you're thinking in your head about you. Maybe you think, well, God made me ideal. Well, <laughs> ask the Lord to make you smarter then on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's for all of us. There's stuff that we think, Arden. I don't understand. But what's trust say? I don't understand, but thank you. Thank you. You made your son, who would be the savior of the world, need a diaper, need to learn to walk. Jesus had to learn to walk. Jesus had to learn to read. And... I don't know, maybe some of these are more significant to you than others. This is, a, this is a fifth big one. Because I know the Father purposefully and deliberately put Jesus in the family of Joseph and Mary. Because he could have chosen anyone, right? Right? So it wasn't just random. God chose a particular family for his son. So what? So I can thank him for the family he chose for me. And you can thank him for the family he chose for you. Or the family he didn't choose for you you can thank you and not because it's perfect how how many of us would think oh, lord i didn't need a perfect family but a less wacky one would have been better right right it's such a good work of god in my heart So come to the place. Lord, even though there was a lot of brokenness in my family growing up, a lot of brokenness and a lot of mess, I can still remember laying on my bed for the very first time and my prayer not being, Lord, couldn't I just have a normal family? My prayer being, Lord, thank you. Thanks. My dad's dead. I'm thankful for the dad. The Lord chose for me. My mom's alive. She might even be listening right now. Mom, I am overwhelmingly grateful for the mom the Lord chose for me. Not because she was perfect, but because the Lord chose her for me. And, And there are experiences I have with the Lord that I would have not had had he chosen differently. We laughed about it earlier. I'm thankful that the Lord chose to give us six kids. Actually, seven. We lost our first. And that was one of our first moments as a couple to say, thanks, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for a miscarriage. Thank you. People have uh, kind of been like, man, you have so many grandkids. And the Lord has blessed us with 11 grandkids right now. We've also experienced multiple miscarriages with our daughters and daughter-in-laws and a couple babies born after a miscarriage was too late. And my son held his baby little girl His hand, light size. Thankful for the grandparent, for the grandchildren. Thankful for those he gave and those he took away. Isn't that what Job said? The Lord gives the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because what does trust say? I don't always understand. In fact, I often don't understand, but thank you. Thank you. So it's, it's one thing to talk about saying thank you. It's another thing to actually give thanks. So let me just give us a couple quiet moments I asked Matt to come and, and to actually lead us in a song that, that that's not any song, a song that he wrote out of learning to trust God at a difficult time for him when his brother died. Maybe you didn't know Matt's brother died, but he wrote a song out of that. Now, going to invite us to sing it with him in a moment. But before we do, let's not just talk about giving thanks. Bow with me and let me give you an opportunity. If something's difficult in your life right now, would you tell him thank you? I don't understand, Lord. Thank you. Or maybe timing just so frustrating to you right now, or hard. Would you tell him, Thank you, Lord, for your perfect timing? If you're feeling overlooked, ignored, Would you tell him, Lord, thank you for that? Thank you for that experience. Or weakness. Maybe all of your prayers to this point in your life have been, Lord, take it away, take it away, take it away. Would you tell him, thank you? God chose the family for you. Chose your parents. Whether you knew them or didn't know them, had a great relationship, a really rocky relationship. The Lord chose your parents and your siblings. Or your lack of siblings. And a spouse. Or lack of spouse, kids, or lack of kids. Would you thank him for your family? Lord, thank you for sending your son as a baby to Bethlehem at a really difficult, inconvenient time. Thank you for choosing his family. Thank you for all of these details, Lord. They remind us we can trust you. We can thank you. Thank you that you are good. Your wisdom is perfect. Would we continue to taste and see it?
1: we bless others by them seeing the way that we react to hard things in our life that we have a savior and a god who we believe is near who does amazing things and so he's done that in our lives sometimes it's mysterious to us but we're grateful for his work in our life and i hope that shines through as we engage with people this christmas season and i hope to see you on christmas eve in a couple weeks don't forget about those tickets and if we can pray for you in any way we've got men and women who are available the auditoriums. Just go up there. They'd love to pray with you. It'd be their privilege. God bless. See you next time.